Welcome to Arkansas AgCast, your source for the latest news and views in Arkansas agriculture. Arkansas AgCast is produced by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation. This is Greg Patterson, and on this edition of Arkansas AgCast, I'm talking with Travis Justice, who's an ag economist and follows the beef industry in Arkansas. And recently, there was an assessment done with beef producers, the first one in, in more than a decade, where they did a uh, industry assessment that was uh, put on by the Arkansas System of Division of Agriculture and the Beef Council. And Travis, what were some of the preliminary things that came out of that assessment, that survey of these producers? Well, the perspective gathered overall. Uh, now, we did uh, uh, preface this with saying that the the uh, the survey and the input was uh, uh, we divided the industry in five different segments. You know, large producers, small producers, cow calf growers, stocker operators, purebred industry, allied industry. So those particular segments were individually assessed, and then uh, and then the overall assessment is just the industry overall and how each of those different uh, types of operations factor in because uh, whether you're a large producer or a small producer, your perspective on challenges vary. And so we tried to capture those nuances within the industry depending on type of production and size of producer as well as just overall uh, overall challenges that, that the industry had. So, so what were some of the things that jumped out to you when you looked at those survey results based on the different sectors? Well, just the uh, overall perspective, you know, as compared to 11 years ago when a similar study was made, uh, some of those challenges are still there, uh, particularly in the general area of marketing and marketing and capturing uh, uh, adequate market prices in the marketing system we have here. That's still a challenge for some producers and and being able to... uh, uh, produce the type of cattle uh, to gain a reputation on those cattle as being uh, worthy of uh, uh, enough to command, you know, uh, adequate market prices. Now, and there's a price every day, but sometimes you're top of the market today, bottom of the market. There's a range, and so. In order to consistently produce in the top range of uh, whatever market prices are, uh, the, the the producers sense that they 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 need to uh, uh, to adopt better pr- production practices. They need to engage in a, a, the overall quality upgrade of their of their cattle in order to command those type uh, market prices. So they're looking for for better prices for the product that they're producing, and they're seeing possibly the need to change some things on how they do business on a day-to-day basis to get that, as you say, good reputation um, to be able to do that. That, yes. Uh, And so just uh, we have seen terrific strides in the overall quality of cattle produced throughout the industry nationwide as well as here in Arkansas as well. And so the, the, the uh, 
producers recognize themselves, the need to continually work toward improved quality improvement. And so there's programs out there, that, you know, be quality assurance and some other production uh, type uh, systems that uh, are, uh, are there exist to urge, to encourage people to continue that quality upgrade. And, and there's, I think, even more realization amongst producers now that it's going to take that in order to command and stay uh, to be viable in today's marketing system. Now, there's other marketing, uh, you know, they recognize that in some areas it's small now, but they recognize that there are those producers that are capitalizing on what we call niche marketing uh, opportunities, whether they're, they're producing uh, uh, their own animals and, and harvesting their animals and selling their own beef as as locally raised, as pasture raised. Right, like freezer beef operations yeah, and things so like we're, that. We're saying, you know, we don't know how many of those are out there, but we know that that uh, sector has grown uh, to capitalize on the, you know, the local food movement, if you will, that uh, is kind of prevalent these days. So there's producers that's capitalizing on that. And, and selling that beef online as well. Yeah, online, farmer's market, other type of niche marketing opportunities that allows those producers that can do it to uh, to gain, you know, higher revenue from their animals. And so uh, so we recognize that from a niche standpoint, there's opportunities there. Uh, there's opportunities overall just for continuing to upgrade the quality and, and, the, and hopefully the reputation Arkansas cattle has with out-of-state buyers. You know, our industry in Arkansas is, uh, is based on the ability to ship cattle out-of-state. You know, we don't feed cattle here. We don't finish cattle here as a rule. And so we raise calves to be shipped to other uh, elements of the industry out of state and so uh, so the ability to maintain that marketing flow of cattle and, and have good reputation on Arkansas cattle going through the other parts of the marketing chain uh, is uh, they realize is, is still important and uh, and uh, emphasis needs to continue to be on that. So as we look to uh, in, here in Arkansas the beef produ- producers look to um, improve, um, maintain good quality that they have uh, so that they can go out of state. What are some of the other things that are non-marketing issues that the uh, producers came up with in this survey as well? Well, they, uh, you know, it's, as they did uh, a decade ago, it seems like uh, even more so today, the, the, um, the, uh, the limitations or the challenges that they face uh, uh, overall cost structure, the cost of production, uh, some of the input items. It's still a challenge uh, because uh, some of the input items just continue to increase, and so that puts the extra pressure on bottom line. So, so that crosses amongst all ag sectors, as we found. And so, you're probably talking about some of the things where you know, if your neighbor's land came up for sale, you were going to purchase it if you were going to expand either a row crop operation or a beef operation. But now those opportunities are, are more and more restrictive and limited. Yeah, it's just not, it's not untypical of agriculture, but cattle industry as well is the barriers to entry into that. You know, we realize that 
uh, you know, there's a need to be a, to sustain the industry. We've got to be able to pass it on to future generations. And so the uh, the barriers to entry cost of land, and then once you you know in, in production, you know, just uh, the same challenges all agriculture has is the cost of cost of utilities and fuel and equipment and and uh, feed and, and pharmaceuticals and other types of input items, uh, that cost pressure is there. The other a- area that uh, is uh, uh, burdening uh, not only all agriculture, but cattle producers are not isolated from that, is what you term the regulatory burden. There's... Uh, there are uh, certain regulations and, and others that may that uh, may be coming forward that uh, uh, that requires a different uh, procedure on the farm or additional costs incurred on the farm in order to comply with regulatory uh, programs, whether it be environmentally related, animal health related, uh, uh, food safety related there's other regulations that just uh, that, that regulatory pressure is also is is ever present as right, well right. and so uh, so uh, the ability to uh, to deal with uh, overall cost of production regulatory pressures all that tends to add to the cost structure and so in order to, to maintain a revenue stream to compensate for that to allow for some profitability and sustainability in the industry uh, uh, those challenges are still there, and then you, you have economic challenges. You got environmental challenges, and then uh, the cattle industry, particularly, uh, sensitive to what we'd call uh, social challenges. Uh, you know, consumer perceptions of the product. And, we, and, and tell us a little bit about what those perceptions are, because a lot of times yeah. the perception and reality are not exactly right. the same. Well, they uh, in, in dealing with the, you know the consumer type issues if you will we're talking about food labeling consumer information concerning food labeling we're talking about those are concerned with uh, animal welfare and some of the perceptions and myths around how animals are raised and uh, and so the some of the animal welfare uh, food safety uh, and other type production practices that are used that may be perceived in in some circles as uh, uh, being uh, a detriment. So the cattle industry faces those pressures. There, there are advocacy groups out there that are anti this and that, you know, and so they have put extra challenges on the on, on the industry to uh, address. Uh, you know, uh, basically, industry spent a lot of time in in just uh, addressing myths. You know, there's a lot of myths are out there about how about production practices. Well, you know, there's certain practices adopted for a reason, and and the health and welfare of the animal is is prominent in uh, the ability of producers to maintain a, an operation. Uh, yet, some per- consumer perceptions are there that this product is type of production method may be uh, harmful to the animal and and or they creates uh, uh, some food safety issue that uh, and so we've uh, had a lot of myth busting going on that, that the industry has had to tackle which is just 
extra pressure from a, uh, a consumer standpoint, a, a public standpoint of, uh, of detriments to the industry. And so the industry is geared up to, to address those, but you've got those social challenges that are there ever-present. As well as the real, you know, uh, regulatory, those from governmental type challenges, and then just the, uh, you know, supply demand, the cost and and uh, cost and, and revenues, economic issues, so are still there. And so, this survey is really outlined, you know, that the, the the continued existence of some renewed realization that others are need to be going forward need more attention paid to and so uh, so it's a good little checkpoint on all sectors as to, now each individual sector has some unique identifying uh, uh, opportunities that they want to take advantage of but um, but uh, well let, let's look at, at one of those yeah. things you just brought up which is supply and demand um we tend to think of ourselves going to the grocery store and buying stuff. But if you're a beef producer, you're thinking about a world market. You're thinking about being able to move product overseas, trade issues, things like that. I mean, beef, I believe the survey said, was the uh, fifth largest ag sector here in the state, worth $750 million, uh, upwards to a million head that are here in Arkansas. What are, um, did the survey give any indication of, of thoughts among producers in regard to that overseas market? Uh, yes, as far as just from, uh, you know, supply demand and part of maintaining adequate price, you know, you've got, you know, what I can do and what are, you know, what's the value of my animal to the person I'm selling my animal to, okay? But the, the purpose of that animal is to produce a beef product. And so another two or three steps down the line from where we're producing animals here, another two, three steps in that marketing chain, that animal is going to be a beef product at some point. And the ability to sell that beef product eventually translates into the prices received back here on the farm. And uh, the uh, the one shining... Uh, uh, star in the in the market has been our ability to export beef products we we've set records the last two years and beef despite some of the trade disputes and so forth beef is still commanding a a, a, a prominent place on the world market but that's uh, producer realized that's a fickle market it could change on given the political nature of countries and social nature of country, we've seen other type uh, diplomatic uh, issues interfere with trade uh, uh, circles. So, yeah, there, there's a direct realization that uh, not only is our domestic consumer market here important, but uh, uh, from a growing standpoint, the ability to export product out of this country is is vital to sustaining this industry uh, it represents about 15 percent of uh, the beef we produce now or is exported uh, and we've unfortunately we saw what happens with that's uh, if those exports are stopped and so there's a yeah, you know, direct correlation there. If we lose that market, then we lose 15 to 20 percent of the value of these animals. And so, if, you know, most of the time the um, the 
profit margins, the revenue margins that producers face, it's not 20%. It's more like 2%. And so if you lose any glitch in reducing that consumer demand, foreign demand is going to eat, going to absorb uh, any of some of the profit opportunities. And, and of course, we realize, you know, we got to have some profit opportunities there for this industry to be sustainable. So, so if I understand you correctly, you're saying that, you know, if you lose some of that export market, that beef winds up being back here and could affect the domestic price as well because, again, supply and demand. Yeah. <coughs> We're producing now at a level, but if we had a sudden disruption and that, that product's not exported, it's on the domestic market, there's an extra supply on the domestic market, consumer prices go down, and uh, as a result, you know, farm prices go down correspondingly, so it's all part of the marketing chain. And uh, so we've, we've uh, now, the supply of cattle, the supply of uh, beef overall, um, you know, determines what the ultimate consumer price is. And so, uh, so maintaining, uh, you know, a good, strong, healthy economy is important to the beef industry. Uh, uh, because uh, you know beef is uh, you know would considered one of the higher price proteins. It's still enjoying good demand. Uh, consumers are still willing to spend spend uh, consumer dollars for that product, and so um, so in order to compete domestically with other proteins, and then uh, the ability to expand uh, overseas, you know it's. It, you know the industry relies on a strong export market, a good economy which favors uh, the beef industry, which we've been fortunate to uh, enjoy the last few years. Now, the number of cattle varies by year. The amount of beef varies by year, largely dependent on the weather. You know, uh, uh, this is still a farm product. Uh, farmers live and die with the weather and so as as we've seen major weather patterns come through uh, most recently in uh, 2012 and 13 major drought that forced us to to liquidate 20 percent of our cow herd well beef production was down that year because we had fewer animals and that was all largely driven by weather concerns so so you've got some weather uh, issues uh, uh, that can impact that supply-demand equation, the ability to produce uh, uh, and sustain a, a level of production, as well as the economics. So, you know, farmers have been living, you know, that's just given nature. That, but there's built-in variability here because of the unknowns, the weather, some of the economic challenges that are beyond anyone's control, uh, foreign markets uh, dealing with... Uh, various international issues as well as uh, foreign exchange rate, the, the value of currencies between countries, impacts dollars generated through exports. And so you've got a lot of those world factors that come into play. And, so so it's a big deal whether you're selling domestically or selling overseas, all those factors come into play. Um, give me your perspective on one more thing that jumped out at me when I was looking at some of these numbers, and that was 
that the average age of a cattle rancher now, almost 50% of those ranchers here in Arkansas are 60 years old or greater. Now, now that's not necessarily different than other sectors in agriculture, but back in 2005 when they did the previous survey, only 35% of those ranchers were 60 years or older. So what, what's the effect uh, as you see the beef industry moving forward in Arkansas, will we have enough people to fill in as as ranchers age out of the the profession? Well, um, yeah, that that that's a challenge, and that came through in this assessment, as you mentioned. The uh, uh, I think overall, with all farmers, uh, average age is fifty six seven so forth. We we did note in the, in our analysis that the average age of a cattle producer is uh, four to five years older than the average age of all farmers overall. So it's a little older set uh, tends to be. And then uh, in just looking at this specific assessment here, we've seen that in Arkansas that age is even you know uh, we have a higher percentage that's even. It's approaching mid sixties is the is higher percentage there, and so that that further uh, highlighted the concern we have on the ability to pass along to the next. You know, we realize that we have an older aging sector here, and now will the industry sustain? Uh, it has, uh, it will, and with uh, coupled with the fact that. You know, a lot of farmers, you know, may quit. You may retire and may quit. But what we've noticed, the land is still utilized. And so the ability to add new people is also countered a little bit by some of those operations getting bigger. You know, there may be fewer people that are operating more land and more cattle than uh, and so some of those existing operations may absorb some of those that have retired. The land is still being utilized by someone. You know, there's not a lot of, you know, if, if I stop producing here, then nothing happens on that land. You know, no, they'll rent it to someone or sell it to someone. And so the land is still being utilized. Production capacity is still there. Just the demographics of who the operations have changed, and, and we have seen that over the last ten years. As that as that producer segment gets older, yes, young one, young younger producers are entering; others are expanding uh, to account for those that have exited the industry. And so, uh, so we I think our production capacity is intact. It's just the demographics and size and number of producers involved uh, is going to change and has changed in the last 10 years and probably will continue now there's a there's a, a break point here at some point realize but until we can address some of the land ownership issues the cost of uh, the cost of entering this uh, uh, the business uh, until we address some of those challenges uh, it's going to be um, we'll see this uh, this trend of um, and then the, one, the other thing, too, that has allowed the industry to do this is to, over time, now year to year it's hard to measure, but over time, just the efficiency of this industry has increased substantially. Um, we're producing more pounds of beef per animal than we did 
10 years ago, 20 years ago. So it takes fewer animals to maintain a certain level of beef production. So the efficiency of the industry has allowed for some of this transition, fewer people, maybe even fewer animals, but we're still maintaining a level of, uh, of protein production here because the animals are more efficient and more productive. And so couple the productivity increases with the economic challenges, the demographic shifts, uh, we're still maintaining production at a high and expanding level at this point, but it's it's all a factor of all those three. And, uh, so this survey um, really gave us a lot to chew on for for ranchers as to what's going on now. From your perspective, um, the future of cattle production in Arkansas. What's what's your look into the crystal ball, so to speak? Well, Arkansas's competitive our advantage if competitive advantage if you will uh, in Arkansas is our ability is due to our climate our ability to grow grass uh, is it's based on our forage production capability because you know we don't have feedlots finishing cattle so the, the ability of uh, uh, to graze animals and you know, that's why we're our our uh, our primary business is is uh, cow calf operations, grazing animals, you know, uh, producing calves, uh, producing stocker, you know, taking stocker operations again, grazing. So our forage production capability is the base for our industry, and that you know that depends on uh, you know certainly the climate, the the type of land we have, uh, you know, vast. Um, you know, half of this state is not suitable to, for row crop, and so, but it will grow grass, and that is our, you know, and then three fourths of any animal's lives, see, a hundred percent on some, three fourths on even those that uh, go to feedlot, three fourths of an animal's life or more is spent on grass. So our ability to grow that forage product, to graze animals, produce animals from that. That is our niche in the industry. That's our that's 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 the basis for our industry is the is the forage production capability, and so you know we uh, you know with the type of rainfall we get, we're conducive to uh, you know uh, um, major part of the year, at least ten months out of the year, of having grazing. You know, uh, versus other parts of the country can't do that. So. So that's the that's the base for our industry. So as long as we sustain our forage base, we'll sustain cattle production. Now the uh, type of animals commanding market price. We talked about quality improvements. So the ability to uh, take advantage of our yeah you know, we have the advantage in raising cattle because we can grow grass. Now the type of cattle we raise and be able to capitalize and, and gain value from that. Address, you know, we're facing with the productivity issues, the quality issues, the economic issues, is just like any other sell, marketing any other farm product. But, but uh, you know, we have you know, we'll always, always. But uh, we, the outlook for sustainability in the cattle in Arkansas is is very is excellent. I mean, because we can sustain production here because we have that production base to draw from. So the good thing is the future looks good 
we have an excellent base to to produce uh, animals that that wind up going out of state. So this survey uh, of of cattle ranchers is going to help tweak and be able to improve what's going on out there. What has been identified through this survey is some of the key trends, key observations, and and we were able to gather the the. The group think, if you will, uh, of from each sector as to where they see the challenges are and the opportunities are. Now, uh, well, what we can glean from this is uh, if there are issues at play that need further research, university resources can be devoted into this area. If there's education and improvement here, uh, educational groups and so forth can address those challenges that's been identified by the industry to help advance. So we've identified key areas of work uh, for whatever agency or group is doing that kind of work. Uh, so it's a, it served as a checkpoint to reconfirm some of the mission that the researchers have, that educators have, and then the industry itself has is to, to stay on track to uh, to advance this industry, and so uh, we've identified the the key uh, the key talking points for addressing consumer concerns, the key uh, touch points to uh, for uh, research and educational needs of this industry. He's Travis Justice, and I'm Greg Patterson. And on this edition of Arkansas AgCast, we've been talking about a recent survey of cattle producers throughout Arkansas.